0: You're listening to Nonprofit Confidential, episode number 23. Hey there, welcome back to Nonprofit Confidential. I'm your host, Sheila Nimishakavi, the founder of Third Suite. I've worked in the nonprofit field for 12 years and counting. My experience runs the gamut from grassroots to multi million dollar nonprofit organizations. My mission, through my company and the courses and consulting services that we offer, is to leverage that expertise in nonprofit administration and fundraising so that you have the tools to build exceptional nonprofit organizations. Not good, not great, exceptional. I'm so passionate about the work that we do because I know every single day, nonprofit organizations are changing lives. You are changing lives. On this podcast, I share actionable advice and inspiring interviews so that you have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to get out there and create real change. Today's episode is for my introverts. This topic is near and dear to my heart because I am unapologetically an introvert. Who else would rather curl up with a good book on a Friday night than make small talk at a cocktail party? Who else dreads networking happy hours? If you're shaking your head right now, then you are my people. By the way, I'm 100% certain that the person who invented the networking happy hour was an extrovert. So yeah, I'm a complete introvert, But let's be real fundraising is an extrovert's game and if we want to raise money we have to play to our strengths i got started in fundraising with grant writing talk about an introvert's dream job right but eventually to move up in my career i had to take on more frontline fundraising tasks and i found that even with grants there was some stewardship involved in speaking with program officers and trustees As I moved up and eventually became a director, donor meetings and events became an inevitable part of my role. I really struggled with this at first. Being out and about at meetings and events absolutely drained me to the point where I really wasn't good for very much once these events were over. And maybe that would be fine if it's, you know, the end of the day and you're going home, but more often than not, I had donor meetings scheduled after work hours because that's when donors could meet. It wasn't until I really owned the fact that I was an introvert and began to play to my strengths that I figured out how to keep my energy levels up, bring my best self to these meetings and events, and really excelled in fundraising. I wanted to share this with you because maybe my experience resonates with you. Now, maybe you fell into the fundraising role at your organization, Maybe you started out in programs and worked your way up to becoming the executive director and now you're the face of the organization. You're responsible for stewarding key donors. Or maybe you're working at a smaller organization and everyone has a role in fundraising. Whatever the case may be, my goal for you is to hone in on your strengths as an introvert and use them to excel in your fundraising. I'm sure you already know this, but just in case... An introvert is generally defined as someone who gets their energy from their alone time. They get recharged when they're alone. An extrovert is defined as someone who gets their energy from being around other people. So, when I, as an introvert, go to a networking event, I can be engaging with others while I'm there, but I'm expending energy to engage with others. Whereas an extrovert can be just as engaging, but is actually gaining energy by interacting with others. But an introverted person is not necessarily shy. For instance, I'm an introvert, but I'm not shy. But there are people who are introverted and shy, and there are people who are extroverted and shy. Introvert versus extrovert just has to do with our energy and how we recharge ourselves. When I say fundraising is an extrovert's game, it's because so many of the different fundraising activities involve engaging donors. So for an introvert, this means we are expending energy, but for an extrovert, they're gaining energy. So when we think about the different fundraising activities, galas, networking lunches, coffee dates with donors, these activities tend to favor the person who gains their energy from being around people. We all know that person who thrives at fundraising events. Whereas I might want to go home and crash after a long evening of chit-chat, my extroverted friends want to keep the party going. They're absolutely buzzing after the event. But here's the thing. Being introverted does not mean we can't be charming during the fundraising event itself introversion only becomes a hindrance to fundraising when you're at an event and all you can think about is how much you want to go home. So much so that you're unable to be present and do your job in the moment. And that's really what we're going to address here today. So let's first talk through some of the weaknesses that are associated with being an introvert. And you may find some of these resonate for you, maybe they don't but these are just some of the weaknesses that are associated with introversion. So introverts can come off as shy or standoffish. And we know with fundraising, this is the exact opposite of what you want to portray, right? We want to be open and friendly and inviting for donors. The biggest hurdle here is that deep down, you may really like someone or really want to get to know someone, but without the right tools, who you are portraying may not be in alignment with how you actually feel. Another weakness is that introverts can easily be distracted by stimuli. Have you ever had that experience when you're out for coffee with a friend or at a busy cafe and people keep walking up behind you? Or people are walking all around and there's the coffee grinder making a loud noise in the background and the barista sh- shouting out names? And maybe you found it difficult to focus on your conversation with your friend. Well, Hans Eysenck, I hope I'm saying that name correctly, he created a more biological theory of introversion and extroversion, and theorized that introverts have a naturally high cortical arousal, and so we process more information per second whereas our extroverted counterparts may have a low cortical arousal, and so they process less information per second. What that looks like is when you're out at that crowded cafe or restaurant or at a fundraising event where people are buzzing all around you, you're actually taking in all of that stimuli, and so it can be difficult to focus on the conversation that you're engaged in. This might look like your eyes darting around, or you lose your train of thought, or just can't focus enough to think of anything else to say. Now, you can see how that might be an issue just in keeping the flow of conversation going, but also this kind of adds to coming off as shy or aloof. When your eyes are darting around, the donor you're speaking with might get the impression that this conversation is boring you, when in reality, that could be far from the truth. Another weakness that is associated with being an introvert is that introverts need downtime to recharge and get back out there. This is kind of the hallmark of being an introvert. So we get our energy from inwardly directed activities, such as creative pursuits or honestly just being left alone, even if it's zoning out and watching TV. Because of this, social encounters, especially the networking small talk type of events, drain us of our energy, so we need to recharge that. This can be seen as a weakness because we can't just go, go, go. Lastly, sometimes we lack enthusiasm for social events because we know how much effort it's going to take. But in spite of these weaknesses, introverts have so many strengths that extroverts actually can't tap into. So because we are inwardly focused, We tend to think about what we're going to say instead of just blurting it out. We don't speak just to hear our own voice. We want to add to the conversation in a meaningful way. And frankly, if we have nothing meaningful to add, introverts might just stay quiet. But what this means is that when we do offer our opinions, they are well-crafted and carry more weight. Introverts also tend to be really good listeners Because we're not just focused on the next thing we're going to say, we really listen to people when they talk to us and take in a lot of information. So aside from this just being a good trait for conversation in general, in the fundraising setting, this means that we're taking in more information about our donors. So we don't just come out of a lunch meeting with a donor and say, you know, yay, we had such a great time. Rather, we come out of there with tangible information that's good for fundraising, such as, does the donor have kids? Are they married? What do they do for work? What interests have they indicated? Little things like this can really add to the donor's experience the next time you see them. Also, one of the key tips in fundraising is always to listen to your donors more than you talk. So as an introvert, we are set up for success in that way. Lastly, and this is one of the hallmark traits of introverts, which is we crave deep relationships. I mean, that's why we hate those networking events, right? It's filled with that draining small talk. But when we find a person at the event we click with, we can get into a really deep conversation and absolutely love it. Also, we don't necessarily want to have hundreds of acquaintances. We'd rather have two to three really close friends, and that's enough for us. So in the fundraising world, this can actually be a huge advantage for introverts over extroverts. We can and do form really deep relationships with donors, and that not only keeps them in the organization, but also means they'll give a lot more to the nonprofit. We have so many strengths as introverts, and even though we do have some weaknesses, there are a few tips that I have for compensating for them or at least diminishing their impact on our abilities as fundraisers. So my first tip for you is to get into the right mindset by this. I mean, if you know you're a morning person and first thing in the morning, you're energized, you pop out of bed and that's when you have your peak energy for the day. And then it kind of topples from there. The best thing you can do is to schedule your one-on-one donor meetings in the morning. Now, sometimes we don't have control over this, but oftentimes we do. Many times, fundraisers will just default to whatever the donor wants. But if you're your best in the morning, make it a point to offer more morning slots than afternoon slots. But let's say there's absolutely no way of getting out of that afternoon donor meeting, even though your energy has just been sucked out of you after a day in the office. What can you do? Here, I would advise you to actually find an energizing activity and keep it in your back pocket for such situations. For instance, if taking a moment to walk outside alone helps you get into the right mindset, build that time into your schedule. So right before you go to that donor meeting, you have a little bit of alone time to recharge or maybe have lunch alone somewhere. If you can figure out just a quick 20 to 30 minute recharging activity you can easily build into your schedule, that will really help you become available for donors whenever they have time to chat with you. Next, let's talk about how to handle that dreaded small talk. Even though small talk seems so trivial, small talk can be incredibly draining for introverts. I mean, we want to talk about the issues. We want to talk about what we're passionate about, but of course, it's not always appropriate to just dive in when you're just meeting someone for the first time. Or maybe you're at an event and you need to kind of be a social butterfly and quickly chat with multiple different people and make sure you're saying hi to all of the necessary people at an event, huddling in a corner with one person. All night honestly might be incredibly energizing for us, but our boss might not be too happy that we didn't make the rounds or introduce ourselves to key people. So a couple of tips for getting through that small talk. The first is a huge no-no. Never ask yes or no questions. For instance, if I ask someone, are you having a good time at this party? And they answer yes. How do you carry on the conversation from there? You really can't then you have to think of another question or another tangent for the conversation. But if I say something like, wow, this band is really good, what kind of music do you listen to? Now we can learn more about the person we're speaking with and their answers will lead to more questions that will organically keep the conversation going. Also, you want to phrase your answers in a way so that you can carry on the conversation. So for instance, if somebody asks me, where do you live?, And I just say, I live in Richmond, Virginia, you? Again, there's no real way to keep the conversation going from their end. But if we change that to add a narrative, now they have something to go off of. For instance, they ask, where do you live? I say, I live in Richmond, Virginia. I moved out here about five years ago. How about you? I've answered their question in a way that encourages conversation And now they'll offer up more information that you can get curious and inquire about. Remember, people love to talk about themselves. So the more you can ask questions that get them talking, the more you can shine as a good listener. The next tip that I have for you is actually to talk about your passions. The hardest thing about being an introvert in small talk settings is that you kind of have to project an artificial enthusiasm. But if you can steer the conversation towards something you are passionate about, you can engage a donor in deep discussion. And fortunately for us, we work in the nonprofit space, and you're most likely the fundraiser for an organization that you're passionate about, or you're raising money for a cause that you're passionate about. So you already have something energizing to talk about. You can even ask a simple question, how did you get involved with our organization, And that automatically steers the conversation back to a topic you're familiar with and passionate about and where you can shine. Now I'm going to switch gears and talk a little bit about how to handle external stimuli. So earlier I talked about how introverts have that high cortical arousal, meaning we take in a lot of stimuli and can get overloaded when there's a lot going on. Again, when you have the ability to control the setting for your donor meetings, I suggest either meeting at your office if it's quiet or finding a quiet, low stimulus location for you to meet. But if that's not possible, one way to ignore all of that other stimuli is to really focus on the conversation at hand and look into a person's eyes when you speak to them and just be really conscious about it. I know it's kind of common sense to do that, but when you take in so much stimuli, you kind of have to really focus your attention on doing that. And this is not only a sign that you're engaged in the conversation, but it also keeps your attention in one spot, so you're less likely to take in all of the stimuli around you. Another good practice to limit the amount of stimuli that you're aware of is, of course, to practice mindfulness. I'm a huge proponent of this, so I know you've heard me talk about it before if you listen to this podcast, but mindfulness meditations essentially help you separate yourself from your thoughts. So it can kind of help you recognize when you're not focusing on the conversation and are getting distracted by all of that other stimuli around you. And once you've recognized that, you can shift your attention to focus on the conversation. Another tip is to get to the meeting or event really early. Getting to a donor meeting or event early allows you to find a spot to sit that will limit the stimuli, which is great. But it also gets rid of that anxiety of being late, which can render you less able to show up in an energized way. So for example, let's say I'm meeting with a donor for coffee and I'm prepared. I've, you know, looked up information about them and I know some questions I want to ask, but I'm running late and all I can think about is how I'm late and I really hope this donor isn't mad and all that preparation that I should be thinking about goes out the window. For fundraising and networking events, this is also really important. The whole idea of being fashionably late is so not true. When people are just beginning to attend the event, you have more of an opportunity to single people out and say hello, and then you don't have to figure out how to enter into a group when you don't know the other people. If it's a really important event and you have a list of people that you want to meet, If you're there early and you can catch them as they walk in, you can strike up a conversation. Lastly, having a job to do at events is great for introverts. So this is of course specific for events. Having a set job to do at an event can make it a little bit easier to introduce yourself and talk to people. You'd have a good reason to break into a group and introduce yourself. So for instance, maybe you're at a gala and you can go around selling raffle tickets. Now, I don't think this should actually be your job, right? It's not necessarily appropriate for a director of development or an executive director to be the one selling raffle tickets at a gala. But if you could do that for a little while, just so that you can break into a group and introduce yourself, it's just kind of a tool you can use, but it's not necessarily your job for the night, if that makes sense. There should be other people who are actually selling raffle tickets. You're just using it as a tool to introduce yourself and get comfortable with networking. So while some people may see being an introvert as being a hindrance to fundraising, I really think that introverts have a unique set of skills that actually help us become really good fundraisers and have really strong relationships with donors that are long lasting. I really hope you found these tips useful and if nothing else, can walk away from this episode knowing that being an introvert does not have to hold you back in your fundraising career. I'm proof that you can have a really successful and fulfilling fundraising career as an introvert, and it does get easier the more you put yourself out there. By taking some time to get to know yourself and when your energy levels are high or low, you can capitalize on those innate qualities introverts have that set us up to be amazing fundraisers. That's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. If you got any value out of this episode, I would really, really, really appreciate a rate and review in iTunes. I always want to make sure that I'm adding value to your life. So your feedback is so incredibly important to me. Thanks so much once again. Have a fabulous day. I will talk to you next week.